Happy New Year. Happy 2024, everyone. Welcome back to the She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. I'm Kellyanne. And I'm Lindsay. It feels surreal to be sitting here right now because today is one year to the day that our first episode went live. It's so crazy. Isn't that wild? I literally can't believe it that we did this for an entire year. <laughs> like, I'm so proud of us, but also like it feels like we started three months ago sometimes. Yeah. And then it also feels like we've been doing it for like four years. Time is a construct. <laughs> yeah. One year ago today, our first episode was published live on Spotify and Apple. And a year later, and a very large learning curve later, <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> we're still here and you're still listening. I'm hoping... Yes, we're so grateful for those of you who have stuck around. We have a lot to talk about today. How was your New Year's? It was great. Very chill. How was yours? It was really chill. I did like a self-care night. I'm currently re-binge watching Scandal. Oh, the best. The best. I'm on season five and it was such a nice night. I was in pajamas by 7.30. I was in bed by 10.45. Yeah, no, I was like, we went to my cousin's house, so I was in Pennsylvania. We had my grandmother's funeral and we stayed extra days to spend time with family. We went to my cousin's house. I went with my mom to see her um, high school friends. I left them, went back to the hotel, kind of chilled. I like to journal on the last day of the year for prayers and all the things that I would like in the new year. And then um, we went to my cousin's house for a little bit. Then we came back. I was in bed by 10. Yeah, I was in my bed by 1030 and I finished the Gilded Age. I had New Year's Rock and Eve on the on in the background. I was like, I kept looking at the clock. I was like, okay, I got like 15 minutes left. I was so deep in that last episode that I missed the countdown. I looked over and it was gone. (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad that you love that show because I knew you would. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. I am so glad that you love it. It just got renewed for another season. I can't wait. We're thrilled. I'm so excited. I'm also so excited because I have been shipping Larry and Marion since (sighs) season one. Yes. And I called it, like my mom and I have watched the show together since it started. I call like from like episode three, I was like, they're going to end up together. Yeah. Every time I'm right, I add another five years to my life. I got deep into it. (laughs) I just love like historical fiction type. It's very loosely based on the new money and the founding families of the United States and the JP Morgans and the Astors and the Guggenheims and the Vanderbilts. It's all loosely based around these people. And I totally think, oh my gosh. What is the what is the main couple's name? Sorry, I'm literally The Russells. The Russells, I think, is JP yeah. Morgan. It's based on a true story of a real life person, Jay Gould. Jay Gould. Okay. Yes. I thought it was the JP I thought it was the Morgans. Anyways. No, he was he was based on Jay Gould. Astors were real people though. The Astor family was real people. Uh, did both of the Astors die on the Titanic? Um, JJ Astor definitely died on the Titanic and his second yes. wife, Madeline, died on the Titanic. I just did this musical. Right. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I was so deep into it. I was like, literally, I watched so many TikToks. I like watched the PBS documentary because I know nothing about this time period. I just know that this is obviously post-Civil War and Reconstruction. And this is towards the end of Queen Victoria's reign. And so this is right before 
the Edwardian, sorry, the Edwardian era. And that's, and so 50 years from now is when Downton Abbey starts. And that starts off by the day after the, the, the Titanic sinking and 50. And so I'm watching the Gilded Age and half these people 50 years from now are going to die. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, you know, what's cool is my, my family and I are actually going to take a trip this summer to Providence oh, wow. and see all of the old houses. Oh, I'm stunning. so excited. I have a wedding in August. My friend Shannon's marrying her partner, Roberta, and it, the wedding's in Boston. So we decided that we're going to do like a New England sort of like little family trip so to fun. do like the, see the, see the breakers and see all those old houses houses and see where it films. I'm so excited. My summer Instagram aesthetic is go. I'm, I'm going to give coastal grandma a run for her money. I'm overjoyed. Yes. Anyways, I'm obsessed with the show. I'm obsessed with the storyline. I think Bertha and George are like goals, everything. Yep. It's so well done to everyone who heard me griping about the show. I apologize. <laughs> I'm with it. And I love when people encourage people to watch it because there's a lot of Broadway actors on it. Kelly O'Hara is on it. Yes. Donna Murphy's on it. Desi Oakley was on it last season. There's a lot of Broadway actors on it. So make sure you watch it and support Broadway actors because they're all working and they're all working on that show. And I'm dying to be an extra on it so badly. I just, because I love the Downton Abbey so much. And so it was, yes, me I too. hope it has that type of like longevity. I was talking on my stories and I said, I need it to make it to season, like eight seasons so we can get like Titanic type. Like I need that storyline ASAP. Yes. I'm obsessed with the Titanic. I mean, I've gone to like the exhibits twice. Well, it was cool because when I did the show at Wisconsin this past summer, we learned so much about the ship. And what's so insane about what happened with the ship sinking is so many things had to go wrong all at once for that to take place. There were so many things, like little things that went wrong. And the combination of them resulted in the ship sinking. All of it was like one freak accident after another or one freak misunderstanding after another or one freak mishap after another. It's insane. Um, and I think that's why the tragedy sort of still is so interesting years later. When Titanic came out, my I remember going to the theater with my, I was seven. I think it came out, what's 97, 98. I went to go to theaters. I think we've talked about this before. I went to theaters with my mom and my grandmother. We got there a little late, so we didn't get good seats. So we were literally in the front seat the entire three hours. Did your neck hurt oh from looking up? Yeah. So and then like- the whole movie wrecked me. I cried all the way home. I was I remember doing my homework in my bed crying still. I was so obsessed. My mom got me a Titanic t-shirt of the movie poster. I wore it all the time when it came out on the double VHS. Oh yeah, I remember. My dad bought it from the grocery store and I remember it was sitting on with a bow on the kitchen table and I came home from school. I was screaming up and down. I was so excited. So that is why I would love this storyline to take place because we kind of got the aftermath on Downton Abbey and I would love to see the leading up to people going onto this boat. But yes, so I finished The Gilded Age and I cannot wait to start season three with the rest of the world. Well, I'm glad you're on board. So this weekend, Lindsay and I got to meet each other for the first time. It was so exciting, but also felt so normal. It was so good. Since like, I would say late November, Lindsay and I have talked like every single day. <laughs> we started over DM and then it like turned into voice noting on DM. Yeah. What you mean last, last November, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last November. The year before, because we're in 2024. That's right. Whoa. 2022 of November. 
Oh my God. Wow. Yes. Okay. So November, 2022, Lindsay and I started to DM, I think about Meghan Markle. Yes. And then we continued on and we like started to voice note each other. We started talking about podcasts and like what we wanted to do and how we wanted to have like a separate creative outlet because she's a dance, she was a dancer and I'm an actor and everything. And then, um, after we started like DMing and voice noting and stuff, then we exchanged numbers and then started talking about a podcast. After that, we just like kept in touch every single day. For like a year. So when I saw you in person, I was like, yes. oh, there's my friend. Like as if I see you all the time. I know. Kellyanne came out to lunch with, because I was in the city. I took the train from Pennsylvania to the city to go see my my aunt who was in the Broadway show. Um, what's the name of it? Sorry. Pearly Victorious. Yes. Pearly Victorious. Um, it's with Leslie Odom Jr. as the um, lead in it. We were going in to just see her because we were close enough and the show closes in February. And so it was me, my mom, my mom's friend from college and my uncle and his friend and Kellyanne. And it was just a great time, great lunch. And like, it was just, and then we went to go see the show and it was like the day before New Year's Eve. So the city was crazy. All the New Year's Eve setup was happening and it was just cool because I had just been there in May and then to be back, I didn't think I was going to be able to to go back again. To finally meet in person was pretty special, especially around the same time when we decided to do this was actually we recorded before the new year. And so this it was really like a crazy full circle moment. And we wore the same outfit. Literally the same outfit. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I came in and I was we, like, oh, cool. We matched. We did not plan that. At no, all. it was hilarious. But it was so fun to like walk in New York with you and like I don't know. It was just, it was, I like keep saying this, but it was so, it felt so normal, but it also felt like so crazy. Your mom's best friend knows my best friend's dad. It was just like such a I know, weird, crazy. small world. Um, Pearly Victorious is an amazing play. Go see it before it closes in February. Yes, Absolutely 10 out of do. 10. It's fantastic. Your aunt was so great. Loved it. And it was such a nice, it was just such a nice day in New York. We had such a good time. It was a great way to close out the year. Yeah, I wish I got to stay a little bit longer. I just love New York City so much. and It's the best. I feel like I'm my truest self in two places, and that's London and New York. Yep. My you look good most- in New York. Thanks. I think so, too. I was like, you you already fit here. I don't know. I feel like you're resisting it, but I'm like, girl, I think you should just come to New York. <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll yes. talk about that in a different time. So one year podcasting. Yes. So a year podcasting has come with a lot of learning curves for us. Yes. We have to understand like neither of us have done anything like this before. I've never used GarageBand. I've never edited anything like this on my own. We've never, I, I didn't even know what mic to buy. I literally bought a mic and headphones on Amazon. Just, I, we want, we like the epitome of winging it, like had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. And like to this day, like the podcast is organized via the notes app. Like we are really just two girls just trying to figure it out literally an episode at a time. And so it came with like a huge learning curve. And so we came up with one year of podcasting, things that we each individually have learned throughout the year and what we're going to improve as we keep going this year and taking steps forward and stuff. So do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. You go first. I think for me, it was, I guess, the social media aspect of it. Like we're not necessarily a niche podcast. You know, we can kind of make it however we want. Like we're not a beauty podcast. We're not strictly pop culture. We're not strictly lifestyle. And we do this remotely. There's no content that we can like do 
together. That part was just trying to find our footing of the vision we want to do. And like, obviously things will probably continue to evolve and change, but trying to get an audience is tough. Tough, 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 especially when you start, because we started off with a bang with the review of uh, the Harry and Meghan documentary. And so we got all those fans of the royal family, you know, as stuff started to like happen and come forth and after spare, we came in there thinking like, this is not going to be a royals podcast just because I would just lose my mind if we just talked about them all the time. Yeah, I think it felt like an organic segue because our relationship started that way. But also like the majority of what we talk about outside of this podcast is not Royals related. No. So it felt a little disingenuous to create it as a Royals podcast, even though the the podcast started talking about things like that. Right. It didn't feel authentic to our relationship. Correct. I think trying to figure out our groove and like what we like to talk about is, you know, it's it's ours, but we do want to have some sort of well, people come here to listen to a very specific thing. And it's our opinions on either pop culture, lifestyle stuff, beauty, whatever that is. And yeah, so I think those that for me, that was like the thing I thought of first. I have the ick for a niche. I'm just not somebody who buys into the idea of like, you have to have a niche. I think then you're putting yourself in a box. I understand that like it's important to cultivate an audience and all of those things. But Mm -hmm. like the girlies that I want to listen to this podcast, I don't want girlies who are only obsessed with one thing. Correct. Right. Because that's crazy. We all like different things. Everybody has different interests. People are multifaceted and multilayered. I like the idea that we talk about multiple things that you kind of come and get a mixed bag. Sometimes we'll talk about the royal family. Sometimes we won't. We're American too. You have to understand as well. So like we're not British. So I'm not as dialed in to the royal family as I once was, especially after everything that happened with Harry and Meghan. I still have things that I like. I still like to watch the fashion. I still pay attention. But it's not something that I'm like eating up the way that I used to. Also, because I don't feel especially connected to Charles. So we'll see what happens when William and Kate ascend the throne to see if my feelings change then. But right now, this is kind of where we're at. And it feels disingenuous to like come at it as though we're like diehard royalists because we're not. <laughs> Um, okay, so my first lesson that I learned was that I say like a lot. <laughs> you learn a lot by listening to yourself about your speech patterns and the way that you explain things. And I am somebody who tends to go on a tangent. So it was a huge lesson for me in the way that I express myself and kind of learning to police myself a little bit better in how I speak and how I express myself. And a lot of times I can get really excited. <laughs> I can jump in on a conversation and not let somebody finish their thought. And that's something that I'm working on because a lot of times my brain moves faster than my mouth or my mouth moves faster than my brain, vice versa. The podcast is a conversation. So that's not something that I've had to learn like personally. And that's been really cool mm-hmm. as well because I think it's also helped me be like a better listener in life. Yeah. To obviously pay back off that, I need to enunciate more. And I think it's because I have a stutter and I tend to talk really fast and kind of run things together. That and like, I think it's important. It's been important to me. I listen back to every episode when it comes out and I'm very critical of myself. I used to hate the sound of my voice when I would even record my voicemail. I would hate doing it because I would have to listen back to it, you know? You know, I think obviously being in person would help our conversation flow more, but we're working with what we got. 
I we both listen to every single episode. Um, yeah, you are really hard on yourself, which is crazy. I think you always. I always think you sound great. Yeah, it's that's uh, something I'm trying to work on. That's okay. That's what this year's for. For me, it's it's the idea that done is better than perfect. And that is really hard for me because you and I both struggle with this. We're both perfectionists. And this podcast has been such an exercise in letting things be messy and inconsistent and figuring it out and like leading with grace and forgiving ourselves for not being perfect. I mean, like the, I'm going to be totally honest with you, like being on contract and doing this was really hard. And I beat myself up a lot for not being consistent and we didn't record every week. I was really feeling guilty about it because I was trying to be present on the contract with my friends and doing the show and, you know, enjoying my time with these people because when you're in a show with people, you're only with them for a certain amount of time like this. And and then I was also trying to like show up for the podcast and edit it. And it was really, really challenging. So I think that was a huge learning curve for me was just like giving myself grace and realizing that like I function better when we have a consistent recording schedule, which is totally on me of recording the same day every single week. So like I have this hour blocked off in my calendar every single week. I have a single day where I focus on editing. Having that consistency really and that structure really helps me. So it's still something that I'm working on. We had an episode um, from December where we talked about Endgame and it's not going to see the light of day because with the holidays, it's in the vault. Like with the holidays, it just didn't, it just didn't happen. I I sort of have the ick for Endgame if I'm being honest, because I just, this is a tangent a little bit, but like, I just feel like I've listened to the book and I think there were a lot of really interesting things about it, but I do feel like we're beating a dead horse and I kind of wish that we could just let it go. Yes. And it's like another book about the brothers fighting and Charles and and the tension between Charles and his sons and Kate and Megan not being best friends, but sort of still getting along. And then Megan and Harry leaving the fit. Like, I just don't have any more room to talk about it. I just think that we should let time do its thing and let these people figure it out. They're all adults. They all have their own separate families to think about. They're all doing their own thing. They're not going to change. Like Kate and William are not going to change. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to continue with these causes. They're not going to take these monumental steps forward with the mon- like they're just not going to. The, the system is not built for them to do those things. So I just at this point it feels like I'm just like beating a dead horse. I don't know how you feel, but like I mean, we didn't really learn anything more, you know? It was kind of like it was kind of, he was kind of putting things in between the lines that we were, you know, trying to get at. But yeah, I think majority of people are kind of over it. I think Harry and Meghan did all the hard stuff first, you know, whether this technically, no, I wouldn't say it ruined their like reputation, but they were willing to do this in the front end and to get it all out by doing the docu-series and releasing the book. Oprah interview. The Oprah interview. Everything's out so they can finally move on because if they didn't if they didn't say anything, everyone would just speculate and speculate. You know, we would never hear from them having their side of the story and things being written about them, even though they already are still being written about them. But at least it, it's their words that they're using and not other people's words. Right. And Harry, he was like, with spare, like, I don't care if I get ridiculed in the press by this book at least it's my words and i think they've moved on i don't believe they will talk about whatever anymore you know even though harry has like 
he said he had enough for like, what, 400 more pages or something crazy. But some things are meant to be said. Like there are some things that just are better left, like our Endgame episode, just better left in the vault. vault. (laughs) Yeah. So if you were hoping to hear about Endgame, we're sorry. I just, I don't, it feels inauthentic to sort of beat this dead horse. There's nothing new that I learned. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for these couples to go their separate ways. And I hope they find peace at some point in the future. But if they do, I'm sure they'll do it privately. Yeah. And honestly, we shouldn't be a part of that anyway. So anyway, back to the lessons. Um, my, my One of my biggest lessons was that like done is better than perfect. And having a schedule really helps me personally with the structure of like keeping the momentum going with the show. Agree. I think for us as people that work in entertainment or worked me worked in entertainment. We come from such like a strong professional background is like when lights go on and cameras rolling, you are on and you better know your stuff. If we we, we come on here sometimes like, so what are we talking about? <laughs> and sometimes those are the best episodes because we just like, we just roll with the punches and we just riff and we're yeah. just fun. Yeah. Sometimes I love to riff off things. Yeah. Coming from that background is like, I don't necessarily know what we're talking about and how many times we talk about the same thing. And, you know, our, it, I think for me, it's always wondering if people are still listening. I am trying to not be a people pleaser, but I'm always concerned about what other people are not necessarily perceived to me because some of these people I've never met before. And I, I love you guys, but I, if you don't have my phone number, you don't have the you don't have like the access to me. We do not have a personal relationship in terms of if we if we are not friends that good of friends that we have a f- each other each other's phone numbers. And I cannot get mad if people don't like me because they don't really know me. Wait, who said that? Was it Tom Holland? Yeah, Tom Holland. He said, "If you have a problem with me, text me. And if you don't have my number, you don't know me well enough to have a problem with me." I love that. Yes, Hundo P. It's such a good quote because it's true. And it helps me because even when I get, I don't really get hate online, but like if I had a a larger following, if this podcast gets a larger following, like I, I think I'm so removed that like if if you don't, if I don't know you, then I I can't personally get invested in what you think about me. What I found with this is that there will always be people who have something negative to say. And the reality is like we are two girls who started a podcast remotely. If you have something negative to say, that is about you. It's not about us. If you are taking the time to write a negative review about somebody's podcast, unless we're like causing harm, which we're not to be so clear. Or like putting in like misinformation about like news or something. This is not a news podcast, but if, if we were sharing right. information that is clearly Googleable, Googleable, wow, Googleable, then yes, sure, correct us. Yeah, of course. I'm not here trying to be CNN. Largely, people have been so positive and supportive and the people who DM us and comment, like you guys are so wonderful and we're so grateful for you. And the people who take the time out of their day to comment negative things, like thanks for your energy. I hope that you work through whatever you're struggling with. Yeah. The person that I am now, the way that social media functions now, do I think it's worth anyone's time to comment something hateful? No, I don't. (laughs) Something that I have had to learn because we talk so much 
is to save the conversation for the podcast. Oh, yes. Because so many times things will happen and we'll immediately mm-hmm. text each other and then we'll talk about it. And then we'll be like, let's talk about it on the podcast. And then by the time we talk about it on the podcast, we've already talked about it. So it doesn't the energy behind the chat is sort of gone. At least I feel sometimes. Right. So that is something that we both had to sort of be like, okay, we'll talk about this later. We can't talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like such a podcast problem, I feel like. I was trying to figure out the ad situation. So if obviously you've been listening, we have had no ads. I mean, it's hard doing this by yourself. and You have literally no idea what, what you're doing. For us to make some sort of income on this, you have to have a certain amount of listeners like monthly. It's a really weird thing. And to and to do it independently, and, and neither of us have a large enough following to garner up some type of listenership, it's definitely difficult. And so I don't know when those ads are coming. I would love to figure it out because I would love to not do this for free. (laughs) Well, yeah. And also like, it would be so great if we could like reinvest that into hiring an editor so that we could churn out more content for you guys. It'd be so incredible if we could do that. So we are slowly making our way there, but it takes time and the analytics take time. And we have had a huge learning curve our first year in this. And having a year ahead of us where we'll have a consistent posting schedule and probably pre-recorded episodes and things like that down the pike, it will definitely help with our listenership and, you know, just always taking steps forward. But yeah, as of right now, it's it's really tricky to figure out the advertisement stuff. You know, we, we're not coming from like, I listen to this great podcast called Do the Work by Sabrina Zohar. And she's incredible. And her podcast is amazing. And I has had this moment where I listened to her beginning episodes and then like six episodes in, she had an advertiser and I was like, yeah, but she already had like a clothing company that she had founded on her own. And I was like, wow, this is, if you're coming from nothing, this is hard. So we are digging our heels in. We are sticking around. We're not going anywhere. Be patient with us because we really are trying to figure it out. And all of that income were at first will be refunneled into the podcast to like upgrade equipment and like hire an editor and like maybe get somebody in here for branding a photo shoot for us to be like in a photo together that isn't like from an iPhone <laughs> like there's a lot to do so you know we have a lot of ideas on the pike for this year but you know it's going to take some time so it's just being patient and being consistent i think if anyone has any expertise or knows anyone about ads or podcasting like being a producer or whatever, if they want to take a meeting just so we can garner information, please DM us. Oh my gosh, please DM us. We want to learn and we want to grow the show. So if you, if anybody has any connections in terms of this, like please send it our way. We're really trying to grow it this year. Please and thank you. I love a new year. I feel like I woke up January 1st and I felt like Christmas. The day I met you felt like Christmas and then January 1st felt like Christmas. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. I love a new year. I feel like 2024, there's this opportunity to sort of like fine tune habits and the way we show up on a daily basis. And I think we both talked about this, but like, I think we're both tackling this year with a lot of, a lot of oomph and a lot of gusto. Yep. And I wanted to talk about what we're doing this year to sort of set ourselves up for success. Sure. So I go psychotic in the new year and whether it continues a month from now, I just know the intention I have like for the first couple weeks is like crazy. So I was the type of person that never worked out during the holidays. I never 
Like once I came home or like from school or even came home from LA, I didn't do anything. I just ate and sat. And that wasn't necessarily the best for me. And after this past year of me dealing with all my health issues and like losing a bunch of weight, I really took my health seriously. Um, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've talked about it on here, but I've been one year sober. It was a decision I made. I wasn't a big drinker, but I was a social drinker. Like I would drink it either at dinner with friends or out at a party or at a bar, whatever. But it was getting to the point where it was making me sick. Um, After one drink, I would throw up and it was just not fun. And so I'm like, and then then my said stomach issues happen and I'm just like, I'm just done. I'm not going to do it anymore. So I haven't had a lick of alcohol since December of 2022. And then I just found out I'm allergic to a lot of things that are in alcohol. So I can't have, I, I, I literally can't do it. So I've been one year sober. And so I just, that has been interesting for me, like socialize, social wise, especially during the holidays. And it's weird because it doesn't, it hadn't, it didn't affect my life at all. Um, but it's definitely, you definitely notice things more, um, when you don't have a buzz. I never worked out. I worked out the day before Christmas. I worked out the day after Christmas. That is period wild behavior for me. Good for you. Wild behavior. I worked out the day after Christmas too. I was shocked. We'll talk about that. Continue. I was like, who am I? So I did that. Um, I worked out. I worked out leading up to me leaving town for my grandmother's funeral. I worked out today. I turned a whole new leaf. I am in the gym. I'm in the gym. I'm taking my health seriously. Okay. Um, I've like hit like a hundred visits at the gym already. Well, all right. I know. So I, that's been really exciting for me. And so I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and they were saying that like, if you, if you've made working out a priority and you skip it because you were quote unquote too busy, you are doing a disservice to yourself because you're not showing up for yourself first and you're putting everything like your work and other things before you in the morning or whenever you work out. I'm preferably a morning person when I work out because I'm- Me too. I mean, it's the best time for you to work out. I'm just trying to be moving as much as possible and I've been really enjoying it. So one of my, so I love this. I saw this on December 30th on the way into the city to meet you actually on Instagram. Ryan Holiday posted a whole Instagram post about how he picks a word for the year and his word for 2023 was less and his word for 2024 was systems. And I loved this because I am somebody who firmly believes that you cannot attract the things and the opportunities that you want for your life until you are showing up as the person who already has them. I do believe in energy. I'm a little woo-woo in that way, but I really do believe in those things. And I, I have seen them happen for me in my own life. So that post really inspired me. And I started to think about how my daily day-to-day systems, for lack of a better word, support the things that are on my vision board. I have also been really consistent about movement. And for me, I would spend, I used to work out for hours and I would over-exercise and I wouldn't give myself a rest day or or I would work out for like two and a half hours, one day a week, every other week. And it was like not consistent. I wasn't seeing the results that I wanted. While I was away this past summer and fall, I worked with a trainer and I got into the habit of doing something for my body every single day, whether that was like a long walk, whether that was a circuit, 
a circuit workout or whatever. But I'm not the kind of person who really enjoys doing one thing for 30 days straight. I don't, I love to lift. I love a bar class. I love a walk. I love Pilates. I love body weight exercises. I love variety. I'm a Libra. I get bored easily. Same. So (laughs) I cannot do the same lifting circuit three times a week. I just, I get so bored. So for me, I've had to, I've, I've noticed more change in my body when I focus on consistency rather than time. Like I would rather spend a week doing a 20 minute workout for six days a week than doing two and a half hours twice a week Mm -hmm. just for everything from my mental health for the way my body functions for mobility flexibility for me consistency is better um so for me a system that i have in place is i move my body three to six times a week depending on where i am in my menstrual cycle i read this book almost three years ago now called in the flow by elisa viti Um, and it changed my life. It completely changed my life. It changed the way that I think about nutrition and fitness and my body and my uterus and everything. And it was so empowering. And the truth is as women or people with a uterus, we need different things based on where we are in our menstrual cycle. Now, if you are, have an IUD or if you have birth control of any kind that is sort of changing how that functions for you, there go do your own research it's not i'm i'm a regular girly like i i'm my period is clockwork so i would p- force myself to like work out on my period or i would force myself to mm-hmm. i don't know do really high cardio when i was pmsing and it was completely like wrong for what my body needed in that moment and so i give myself the 3 to 6 flexibility depending on where i am in the month i give myself the flexibility of whatever i want to do And so that for me is a system that really is important to me. So it's, yeah, I had to just, I mean, this is not my system, but I got, I had the flow up for a second and then I deleted it for unknown reasons. And then like, I would feel, I would get nauseous a lot with like during the length of my cycle or whatever stage I'm in, I'm like, what is happening? And so I downloaded it again. And so I'm able to see what, what my body's going through at the moment. Cause when I thought I was ovulating, I wasn't, I was in my luteal phase. Um, and so like I was experiencing a lot of like ovary pain and I would get nauseous and like I, I'll get nauseous like before and like right after. Oh, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I could do a whole episode on cycle syncing because I think it's so interesting. And like the way that so many things that I used to like be, I, I used to think were just weird. Like the way that when you have your period, like you just want to be alone or you just like want to be left alone or that is all, it has to do with the way your brain chemistry works with your gut works with their uterus like they're so it's all intertwined it's wild anyway sorry um so that's a tangent so yeah that's one of my systems is to work out three to six times a week depending on where i am in my cycle and just to stay really consistent i do use an app it is called day stamp it's just a habit tracker but you can make any of the bubbles like whatever you want and then every day i just click it and it helps me keep and keep track of how often i'm moving and making sure that i'm staying consistent with that. And yeah, cool. so highly recommend day stamp if you don't have it. So I get psychotic with my vision board, go to Pinterest. I used to just cut things out from the magazines. I, everyone has their own way. We could put like a vibe or like inspiration, but like 
what's the purpose behind what you're it has to be specific yeah super specific so I've gotten so specific I've been making vision boards since college this I'll go on Pinterest and I'll type in like you know I'll I've even started putting in finding girls that look like me and so I made my vision board before the year was over and I got it printed and so I did that it's on my background of my screensaver of my phone it's my wallpaper of my laptop it's on my wall in my room. And I just did today. Um, I saw, saw a TikTok of like kind of like a year in review, but I didn't do the year in review. Um, it's kind of like finding your pillars for like your year. And so I had, I made a whole like PowerPoint situation that I'm going to get put into like a binder. And so I have pillars and my pillars are spirituality health, fitness, and wellness, career, relationships, and personal. And I literally put what I want for, for each single one, whether it's, I put pictures, I put, um, I even put like what I want to look like in terms of like what wardrobe I want to have. Like it's that crazy. And so what I'm doing is I'm going to get it printed and put it in a binder and I'm going to plan out quarterly. So each quarter, I'm going to write things down of what I'm striving for, for each quarter. Because sometimes when you make a vision board or you have goals, it seems very daunting because you're like, how am I going to even get this done? So if you have a plan of how like you're going to do it quarterly, it's, I found this thing, it's called how to have four years and 12 weeks or something crazy. I saw it on TikTok, but that's not what I'm doing, but it's similar. So I will have like, I'll make bullet points of what I want and then I'll review it each quarter and see what I need to adjust. And obviously, if you decide to do this, um, be okay if things change. If you do not want to do this, do that thing again, like you do not have to accomplish anything on that list if you do not want to anymore. And I think to give yourself flexibility of letting your mind change, letting outcomes change, like crossing things out, putting things in, you know, what you may want now is like completely different or whatever. If you like by time January or I mean, sorry, um, July comes around. So yeah, I love that. I piggybacking off of that. I also do a vision board. Um, I did, um, I did it a little bit differently this year. I have one in my room on a cork board And those are very specific things that I want. And I do have, I do my vision board in pillars. So it's interesting that you say that my pillars are health and wellness, career, relationship, lifestyle, and finances. I have a cork board in my room with very specific theaters, shows on Broadway. I just took something off my vision board, which I'm really proud of. We'll talk about that in a second. And uh, health and wellness. I literally have photos of body types that I aspire to reach in terms of a goal. In terms of lifestyle, I have photos of apartments that I like, things like that. And in terms of relationships, I same thing. It's, It's so interesting to me how Pinterest has become a search engine. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, it it's but, having like a, it's having a like come up at the moment. Yes. Like everyone's using it again. Same thing. I have really people, couples who look like me with men that I see as what my husband looks like. Yes. Um. So that is on my corkboard. Then I take pictures that are in exactly the same vein that I would put on the corkboard or, or in something else. And I put them on all of my device backgrounds. So I have... And I change them monthly. And this is important. I do, I, every month I do an, I do an audit. 
at the end of the month before I make one for my, my like whatever my February one is for my iPad, my laptop and my phone, mm. I do an audit. Um, so that's really important to me. And it's all a variation of the same thing, but it's crazy to look back and see like what came true. And then something different that I did this year is I downloaded a digital manifestation journal from Etsy. Oh, I bought a template and I put it in, I think it's good. Right. Is the app. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Let that out. I just had Chipotle. <laughs> Ow. I just hit my uh-uh. tooth. Nah, you guys were falling apart. Yikes. Big yikes. Um, so I got this digital manifestation journal from Etsy. I'll link the template that I used on Instagram stories for the pod. So keep an eye for that. And every day you write down what you're manifesting. You write down it. it there's just steps to it. And it's like a daily thing. And I, I'm really excited. I really enjoy it. And it's become a part of my morning routine, which we'll talk about in a second because I could write a book on a morning routine. Let me tell you what. Um, so yeah, that's something that I've really taken taken seriously at the top of the year. I've been doing vision boards since the pandemic. I started doing them with my friend Hannah. I think I said that on the last episode and it's really changed my life and I've achieved so many things and it's, it just helps to keep your goals in front of you. I'm on board with the vision board thing. So that's how I do that. That's my system for keeping my goals in front of my face. (laughs) Amazing. I have a very, like, to me, a new year is a clean slate, like everything that happened the year before, it goes out the window, I try not to think about it, I'm kind of like, like, let's focus forward, Um, at least as of like, the last couple years, I I try to start the year off by saying super present and like super focused of what I want to do. One of my main things that I want to happen this year is I would like to be in a committed relationship by the end of the year. And so, you know, trying to navigate possibly dating, whatever that looks like for me, because I particularly don't like the apps, obviously know that I would like to leave the city of Houston and go somewhere else. Focusing on those things and knowing that regardless of what you want to do and what you aspire to be, you know, and you're not there yet, nothing's permanent. So I'm trying to focus on that where I am right now is not permanent and I will not stay here. So always have that in the back of my mind, like, okay, whatever struggle or obstacle I'm going through, it's not permanent. And even though it feels permanent and you see everyone and their mother getting everything that they want, but your situation is not permanent. So I try to stay focused. I listen to a lot of podcasts, like I listen to a lot of podcasts in general, but like I love listening to podcasts that like talks about getting your year started, creating healthy habits. I really love Mel Mel Robbins. I think she's amazing. I love her. I have her book. I love her. Too. The five four three two oh, one. You do. I love my I, therapist I, told me to listen to Mel Robbins. I love her. Yeah, I, I need to read her book. Um, I love Ed Milet. I love like I like listening to things that I can learn and just like fill my head with things that are going to teach me things. So that's like something I do um, in terms of like getting my head on straight, you know, regardless of what happened last year, I want to like be president and like, all right, that, that happened. Let's focus forward. So that's one of the things listening to something daily that is going to enrich your life and help you um, in some way. And that's like throughout the year too, but specifically in the new year, um, cause you don't realize how much you change from January to December. Oh my gosh. 
to like even with, with this podcast, even the pr- premise of this pro- podcast has changed completely from when we started to now. It's it's like let yourself evolve into the person you will eventually be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a big goal that I have for 2024 is to decrease my coffee intake. This is hard for me uh, because I love coffee. But um, I started to drink these things. I was influenced by her Instagram and TikTok handle is House Chris, H-A-U-S-K-R-I-S. And I, this girl's literally made a career out of just filming her morning routine. And it's fascinating. It's not even fascinating. It's so actually I take it back. It's so mundane, but I in you watch her too. I love uh, it's her. so mundane, but it is so comforting to watch this girl every morning make her caffeinated greens, sit on the couch with her blanket and her LED face yes. mask and then put her blanket in her little ottoman storage which I've definitely saved on Amazon for my future apartment and then do her makeup and then set up her walking pad and then work from it. home. Like I could watch her do that 5,000 times in an hour and be fine. So Kristen, if you're listening, please, we love I you. Love, we love you. And I love long form content. So if you ever go to YouTube, please, let the yes, girlies know. Let the girlies know. We love you. She lives in San Francisco. She like works out at a rooftop yes. gym. I'm a, we're just huge fans of you. Like I just love yes. her and her, she just got a baby French bulldog named Georgie. She's so cute. Anyway, that's a whole, she's in Hawaii right now. Are we, we're huge fans. Anyway, so um, I'm trying to decrease my coffee intake. Um, so I ordered the Craftinated Greens that she drinks, the Better Days Company. By the way, Better oh. Days, if you're listening, please be our first sponsor. We're obsessed. Um, and I have tried every greens powder and they all taste like crap. Like, I don't know these influencers peddling bloom on TikTok. I don't know how y'all kept a straight bloom face. It's terrible. It tastes bloom, bloom. so bad. I don't know how you kept a straight face filming that TikTok. I don't know how. It's so bad. I like AG1. I haven't tried Athletic Greens. Also, if you're listening, please send me some. I'm down. Please. Um, but I really love them. I've been drinking them for two weeks straight every morning. Obsessed. They taste so good. And I bought a $10 milk frother from Amazon. We'll link it on stories. It was. It's absolutely 10 out of 10 great morning. Um, so that, and then I also really want to, I also spend a lot of money on coffee every week and I don't need to do that when I have stuff at home. Um, I really, this is a a little bit of a tangent, but how excited are you that Clever Blends is coming to Target? I'm so happy. Clever Blends, which is a woman owned small business that Miss Meghan Markle invested in. They are officially going to be in Target. We are very excited because I love their chai tea latte um, and I love the London fog. It's so good. I love the matcha and I love, I think it's a mocha. Do have a mocha? It's delicious. It's um, it's not coffee. It's adaptogen, um, like the mushroom reishi coffee. And then they have like tea and stuff like that too. So it's it's so good. Check them out. C-L-E-V-R. Yes. Um, they're going to be in Target. Okay. But that's, that's a tangent. Anyway, so one of my systems for this year is to have other things in my house so that I can down my coffee intake also because my teeth aren't as white as they used to be. I had to buy white strips. Very annoyed about it. It's not cute. It's not cute. And coffee's a lot of acid. I'm a singer. 
it's just not good in the long run. I should probably just break the habit now so that when I'm on Broadway, I don't have to worry about that as another thing to, to another habit to, to build while I'm rehearsing a Broadway show. That's one of my favorite things that I'm doing so far. And it like makes me excited to get out of bed. Sounds really dumb. I mean, you sound like Kristen. That's that's like how she's so excited to take it every day. No, it's so they're so good. There's and like you can taste the greens a little bit, but like honestly, really good. I really like the raspberry limeade and the juicy lime flavor. Those are my favorites. But I'm a citrusy girl. I, I love mango and peach. Yeah, I think the key for me for systems, especially, is like having a morning routine that like gets you out of bed. Yeah. Oh my god, my skinny confidential ice roller broke today. Ah. <gasps> I know. I was like, you are kidding. But honestly, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. We're going to let it go. Yeah, it broke. So I'm back to, I'm just using an ice cube on my face every morning. So it's ice cube. Like I, this is my routine and I sound crazy and it does take me like 30 minutes, but like it is the best 30 minutes of my whole day. I drink my caffeinated greens. I ice my face and then I use my new face, which is a microcurrent device, which has changed my life. And I use it on my face every morning for five minutes. And I give my, I like lift, we lift, we tighten, we tone the cheekbones. The job is, is it's jawing. Okay. It's jawing. And then, <laughs> then I do my skincare routine. Then I gua sha and then I get ready for the day. And that 30 minutes is like the best. And, and I do my manifestation like page in my journal every morning on my iPad. That morning routine has been the most fun way to spend my last two weeks. So that's my, that's my like system to start the day on the right foot. Okay. I feel like I've talked a lot. Sorry. Your turn. Go ahead. I mean, I haven't done this yet. I would like to try. Lauren Bostick is influencing me to sleep with my phone in the bathroom. <laughs> Not me sleeping in the bathroom, but sorry, put my a vision phone of you, like, asleep in, in the, the bathroom. <laughs> sorry, that came out wrong. Um, putting my charger and my phone in the bathroom. Okay. okay. Because my bathroom is connected to my room. So it's not like I'm going out of my room to go to the bathroom. But um, so instead of me having my phone near me when I'm sleeping, even though I sleep with it on do not disturb, like it's like the first thing I reach for because obviously my alarm. So when my alarm goes off, it will get me out of bed instead of me snoozing. And for me to just lay there and scroll, that's like my biggest thing that I need to like quit doing. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try tonight to like once my phone is in the bathroom, it's time for bed. We're not scrolling. We're not texting. We're not doing any of that. We're going to put it in the bathroom, wake up when the alarm gets up, and then you're up. Because if you wake up again, I mean, if you go back to bed, that's kind of like, you know, you're up. So that is what I'm going to try. That's something I'm going to put in place. Speaking of Lauren Bostic, this is not on my list, but... I have started mouth taping. Really? At night. And it works? It's great. Yes. Right. It does. Cool. Yes. I wake up with a lot more energy in the morning. Like I, I, I tongue scrape too. I've used a tongue scraper for like five years, but like I don't have as much gunk on my- I can't do that. It makes me gag. I really? I feel like that gag reflex. There's a brush. Wait, there's a brush that Paige DeSorbo was talking about on Giggly Squad. I bet you could find it in one of their newsletters. It's like the, it's like the alternative if a tongue scraper makes you gag. Okay. Got you. Cause that thing, oh, I can envision it now. But I have a lot less gunk on my tongue in the morning because mm. I, and the thing is like, I'm not somebody who sleeps like with my mouth wide open. 
but I'm not like, and I grind my teeth and weirdly it's helped me not grind my teeth as much. I'm considering getting masseter Botox. Like, you know, the, the Botox that you get in your jaw. I'm considering talking to a doctor about that because I do clench my jaw and I hold a lot of tension in my mouth. I do too. Um, so this is, but that's been great. That's not one of my systems, but that's something I I do my cheek. Yeah, me too. I do that too. Every time I go to the my every time I go to the dentist, they're like, "You're chewing your cheek again." I'm like, "It's because I'm it's when I'm sleeping." Because we're anxious, we're anxious yeah. girlies. Gosh. So my oh, so this is this was another system that I have is making sure I see a friend in person once a week. Mm, that's good. I live in New Jersey, and for a long time, I sort of held that as like a chip on my shoulder and like something like feeling like I had a lot to prove because I didn't move to the city and I didn't like. Sc- struggle with $200 in my bank account. I still struggled, trust me, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't do the whole, like, cause I live 40 minutes out of New York. So when I moved, when I left, when I came home from college, it made more sense for me to stay home because I could get to the city in 40 minutes. I had the same commute as my friends who lived in Brooklyn and I didn't have to pay rent. So I really sort of wore that as like a, a chip on my shoulder as like, I had a lot to prove. And like, I've really worked through that in therapy and it's really helped. But anyway, I say all that to say that I used to sort of wear my introvertedness in the business as like a badge of honor. Like I didn't have a group of friends or a community in the business. I sort of had all of my close friends outside of it. And what I found is that like it's been so helpful. And this is because of the shows that I did in the summer and the fall. I really made friends in the business who like I would be friends with even if we didn't do the same thing for a living. And like having that sense of community where like it's not competitive. It's not like nobody's everyone's there to help each other like it's really wonderful Mm -hmm. having that kind of community really helps me day to day as like I self-tape because we're all going through the same thing especially like as audition season starts to really ramp up in January and February so um I used to like wear my introvertedness like a badge of honor but the result of that would be me really isolating myself and then it would just hurt me in the end so I'm that's one of my systems is to make sure I see a friend or a FaceTime with a friend once a week. And I'm really going to try to make it in person and just like try to be more social and try to that's so good. not isolate myself. My system that I'm trying to do um, is cook at home during the week and save um, eating out on the weekends, which is hard because I love like because I work because I work from home. So anytime I get to leave the house even if it's just for a Starbucks, is like a joy in my day. So I'm going to try. I'm going to see how this month goes. I would love to like, because I need to start saving money. I felt like for a while I didn't have a way out because I didn't have a plan. I didn't know where I wanted to go. So I was just like, well, I don't have a yeah. plan. What are you saving for? Yeah. Yeah. What am I saving for? So I'm just spending. And then I had my procedure last year and then I started paying off my student loans at, in the fall. So, um, my account is not what it used to be. So it was, so I need to build that up because if I am wanting to leave, I need to get my ish together. So I love to cook more, even if it's like, I love, have you ever uh, heard or tried factor meals? Yeah, I've heard of them. Wait, somebody just posted about them. Who was it? Jenna Johnson. She's on Disney with the stars. Maybe been Jenna Johnson. It's a nutritionist based like meal de- delivery service. And it's, um, it's really good stuff. Like it's in, like they have different options in terms of one protein, more protein or carb friendly, all this stuff. And 
So I think I may do that instead of, and like at least have it for lunch. So I'm not like stressed about what am I doing for lunch because I don't really have a, I have a lunch break. I don't have a des- designated lunch break. I kind of get to make my own schedule. I just have to be, I just have to work eight hours a day. And depending on what meetings I have, I would like to not have to like take half of my hour lunch break preparing lunch. So I think I might do that at least for a couple weeks at hand just to have something in the in the refrigerator or the freezer to eat, um, to pop in and try to cook or at least cook enough to have a couple of days, even though I hate leftovers. Um, so that's something I'm going to try. I love that. Um, one of mine is, so I've been sharing more of myself on social media in terms of like you have. Yes, in terms of like getting ready with me, I love a getting ready with me video and I do it every day. It's so much fun to film. I used to post them all on TikTok. I've been really brave the last six months and I've posted them on Instagram. And it was like a very big step for me because people in the theater industry can be really mean yeah, and judgmental. And I just, it was a huge step for me and just like not, no longer caring what people thought about that. And realizing that like it's a part of me and it's something that I enjoy. And one of my earliest theater memories was watching the girls put their makeup on and being like enraptured by it. And it's such a part of the business that people don't, in my opinion, give enough attention to. I mean, like if it were me, I think every Broadway show should have a different makeup sponsor. Like it makes no sense to me why there isn't a larger connection between. I mean, like Mac, Mac is very connected to the Broadway scene but like i mean there's no reason in my opinion for like there should the 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 sponsorships should be a flowing towards the broadway community i don't get it but whatever that's a whole other conversation anyway so i started to post get ready with me's on my instagram and on tiktok more and it's been really really fun and I, my analytics aren't anything crazy but like i'm having a great time and but because of that, I'm showing my face a lot on social media. So I've, st- I've, one of my systems is to pay attention and invest in high maintenance habits to be low maintenance. And that also ultimately goes in hand in hand with having to be like in theater. And the thing about being an actor is that you and a dancer and a singer is like you are the product. Your instrument is the product and your instrument is my voice. But my instrument is also my body and my face and what I present and how I show up on stage and all, all of this kind of funnels into the same idea of like taking the best care of myself that I can so that my career has the longevity that I want it to. And so, um, but back to what I was going to say was that my high maintenance habits to be low maintenance would be like using lash serum, using my microcurrent device every morning, gua shying, icing my face. Maybe I really want to get a lash lift in tint. Have you ever done that? No. I really want to do that. I really, I've heard it's great because I don't like to wear like a full face of makeup every day. And I've been like, I love mascara. I'm a really big fan of the Tower 28 one. That's like my top, top tier mascara. But I also like don't know that I want to wear mascara every day. And I have a feeling that mascara is like not on its way out. I think it'll always be something. But I think this year I feel like mascara-less makeup looks are kind of Mm. getting more and more popular. So I really want to get a lash lift in 10. Anyway, um, so yeah, so it's, it's investing in those kind of things. Russian manicures. I am a changed person. No. Okay. Here's the thing. I got my first Russian manicure last month. It's the best manicure I've ever had. It lasted me four and a half weeks. Um, I'm on my second one right now. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm like a short square girly this year. Almond nails for me are, are out. 
I know that some people have some very strong feelings about this, but I love a short and square moment. Yes, Lindsay <laughs> has some gorgeous almond nails, but you have bigger hands than me. I have little hands. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It works differently on different hand shapes. Yeah. So I have, I'm currently sporting a Sophia Richie, like dark, dark, dark red, almost black short and square. I'm obsessed with them. I can't stop staring at my hands. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, Russian manicures are gorgeous and they do like a lot of cuticle care, which makes it more important. If you TikTok or look up Russian manicures, like any of those Pinterest photos of manicures that you see, they're all Russian manicures. Um, and I've never had my nail beds look this good. So taking care of what you have now so that you don't have to shovel out money later. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's great. For me, I saw someone, I think it was Danielle Prescott, posted this on her, I think it was on her threads. She said, I'm, she said, being relatable is out in 2024. I'm in my goop era. I'm like, I've always been in my goop era. (laughs) I'm all, I'm like very much, I, the whole relatability thing, especially in the influencer world is like, oh, they're not relatable anymore. And I'm getting to what I'm like, what my thing is in a second. But what, how I follow people is either not necessarily if they're like me, or because if I wanted to hang out with people like me, I would just hang out with my friends. I mean, or like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I I go to social media to to escape or to get inspired, and so I'm all about aspirational follows. And yes, some of them have um, relatability towards me or whatever, but it's not to the extent of like, I'm no longer going to dumb myself down to fit other people's agendas, period, um, expectations or whatever. Like, I don't care if my style, my sense of style, the things I want in my life is too expensive or not attainable. I want them for myself. You do not have to like everything that people post. You know, no. like I do not follow Kim Kardashian for her like relatability. She's the least relatable person on the internet. I say this with so much love. Her home decor oh, style makes me queasy. Yeah. I like things about her, but like her, I would never want to live in her house. No, no. But again, that's okay. I don't need to, I don't need to like everything. I don't need to have everything in common with a person to to like follow them. And so I don't understand when people have like this falling out with someone that they're following that's like, oh, they're not relatable anymore and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, you guys, it's, it's okay to want things. It's okay to want to be successful. It's okay to want like money. Like money is not evil as long as you don't abuse it. So um, for me, like wanting to be wealthy and wanting to have like a nice lifestyle is like, I'm not going to apologize for it. So no. the things that are on my vision board, the things that are uh, I am wishing for and striving for, like in my mind, I'm already there. So it's just me catching up to that. I'm not going to like pretend that I don't want these things because I do. Right. Good for you. Did you say your system? Like what your system is? The system. Oh, the system is, is like, I'm not going to, I guess, hack how I want to show up in so on social media or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to rethink every year I do this. I don't know why it just hasn't st- stuck yet. I, every year I go through a phase where I'm like, how I like want to like be on social media and yada, yada, yada. And I think for me, I want to be more, 
I really don't know the word for it. I kind of want to be more of a mystery and less of... Yeah, privacy. You want more privacy. Yeah. I mean, like, I am i don't really share much. I mean, if I'm on stories, like, I'll repost stuff on stories and I may, if I'm feeling chatty, I'll talk. But in terms of post-wise, like, I want to be like, like, you like look at someone's page and like, I wonder like what she's like. Even if I get in a, in a relationship... I don't even know if I'm going to post about it until like it's way into. Oh, no. And Danielle no, Prescott no, 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 did. No, no. Like she posted on New Year's Eve of her and her man. And you have no idea how, how long they, that they've been together. They could have been together for the entire year and you would have never known. Mona Vand married Gary V and never posted a wedding photo. Yeah. I and like, listen, I'm not I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. If you want to post nothing but photos of your of your man, go off. Of course. Yes. I have dated Absolutely. enough to know that I will not be posting a photo of my man until we've been together for at least a year. Like mm-hmm. at least a year. Like I just, I'm not comfortable. And then when you, if you break up, then you have to delete everything. It's just, it's just not what social media is for, for me. Yeah, I'm not here to brag about my relationship. I am dating. I'm dating multiple people right now, but like, I'm just not, I don't need to talk about it. Right. And like, yeah, I mean, I went through a breakup in the beginning of when was that? Wow. Time is crazy. November. I don't, I, I, I am in a similar headspace of you where like, I think this year, I think less is more for me. And I like, sometimes I feel like a compulsion to like post on stories and stuff. And I don't anymore. I think like, I won't be really posting much unless I feel compelled to from like a very organic place in that kind of a space. So I do understand what you're, where you're coming from for that. My last one is just staying on top of like my chores, like staying on top of like the day-to-day stuff, like the washing my sheets, doing my laundry, like making sure my space is clean, like making sure my car is clean, like keeping, you know, tabs on my audition book and how organized it is, like just keeping on top of those things. Because for me, I'm the kind of person, like I'm a product of my environment. Like if you look at my room and it's a mess, that's, I'm, I'm about to have a mental breakdown. Like that's kind of how I function. My environment's a direct reflection of my mental state. So for me, it's like keeping on top of that, keeping my closet organized, keeping my drawers organized, like just keeping everything in check so that I can focus on other things. Um, I can be a little bit of an avoidant person where like, if I get too overwhelmed, I'll freeze and I just won't do anything. And, um, so it's really, really staying on top of that for me will be, I think, pretty huge. Um, and in, in like just piggybacking off of that, I keep an audition log every year. And this year I like really put thought into how it's designed and what it looks like and, and everything like that. So I'm really excited to keep that updated and, and do the work to make sure that I'm keeping track of who I'm going in for and what I'm going in for and when things were due and and all the things to make sure like the bookkeeping end of auditioning and self-taping is taken care of. That way I can focus on the work itself. Um, for me, I will be making a budget. And a budget is I'm going to teach myself about money. My dad's going to be, he's been trying to teach me about money for the past couple of years since I've been living here. I mean, it's, I'm really trying to really tackle understanding finances, understanding how money works and how your money can last. Like, you know, by investing, I would like to start investing, um, and make money. So like, while I sleep, so I don't have to like worry about, I would like to double my income by the end of the year, if that's possible. Um, so I have a book, it's the Tony Robbins money book. I'm going, it's pretty dense. 
book, but I'm going to really like take notes and try to get through it. And I have my dad who's a financial planner to help me with it. So I really wanted to do, I originally, when I got the book, I wanted to do a TikTok series of teaching money for dummies <laughs> and like, you know, just learning, just, just re like regurgitating what I learned from the book and to help people, mainly women just be better with finances and not necessarily rely on anyone else to, because at the end of the day, something can happen, someone can pass away and you have no idea how to take care of yourself. So that's what I'm going to try to do. It's like one of like the big things I really want to do is to really teach myself about money. It's, it's, you know. Yes. I'm in a similar place. Oh, I didn't say this. So the thing I took off my vision board is I am joining the union. I'm joining yes. equity. Um, it's been on my vision board since 2019 when I first started doing this. So it's it was a really good feeling to take it off. I am filling out the application. I submitted at New Year's Eve. Um, it should take a few weeks to process, but I will be doing this audition season as an equity actor. And that is a huge thing to say. I've been, mm -hmm. thank you. Lindsay's <laughs> applauding and it means a lot. Um, I've been auditioning and busting my butt in this business for 11 years. I really wanted to earn my card with there because of the pandemic, um, equity had open enrollment, but I, it was really important to me that I get my card when I booked an equity contract. And I did that this summer at Beef and Boards Theater in Indianapolis. And um, so that was really, really important to me. And I'm 33. I'm ready to work at a higher level, make more money, get benefits. I'm ready to do all of that. So I felt really good about that. Um, but that being said, there are less union auditions than there are non-union auditions. So the hard thing about making this decision is that you are sort of taking, you are not sort of, you are taking yourself out of the pool of jobs that are not union because equity, the I think it's the only union in the country, but like if you're a union, you can't work yeah. non-union work. Same so, with SAG. Same with SAG. So it's a big step. It's a scary one, <laughs> but it's something that I do feel really ready for and I feel really good about. Mm -hmm. And so I now have the flexibility to get a real nine to five job when I'm not working on a show. And that is scary for me too, because it's a whole thing where I, I, I'm looking for something that's like remote, something that's data entry, something I can do from home or where I have Wi-Fi. Um, and so similarly to you, once I, once I get something like, once I find that job that will, it will help other things fall into place and then I can make a budget as well and then figure out the timeline for me to move yes. out of my mom's house. So, um, that is, <laughs> but it is contingent. So I'm literally applying for these jobs left, right, and sideways. If anybody knows of a data entry level job that is looking for, you're looking for an admin girly to just do the things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Just hit me up, DM me, please. <laughs> I need a job so bad. So please let me, I'm putting it in the universe. If anybody listens and needs a girl to just organize your schedule yeah. and make appointments for you or do whatever you need. I'm Amazing. your girl. Um, so yes, I, I feel you on the money thing. I grew up with a lot of financial scarcity for my parents. I know. And I think, um, so for me, it was, it was really hard for me to sort of overcome that. And now that I have, I'm really ready to like, let's do it. I'm feeling good. Feeling good about 2024. Okay. So next we've been talking for a long time. Do you want to do this episode in two parts? We can. We have to talk about um, the Queen of Denmark abdic abdicating and then favorite royal fashion moments. Oh, yeah. Let's do two parts. So we're going to do this episode in two parts. Um, the next part two will be about 
a little bit more royal centered. Um, we're going to go through our favorite royal fashion moments from 2023. Talk about the crown too. Yeah, we got to talk about the crown. Um, we're going to talk about Queen of Denmark abdicating. It's going to be a good one. Um, I've got some other things that I wanted to talk about too that are like not, they're like not related, but they're sort of related. So we'll talk about those. And yeah, so if you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for engaging with us on Instagram via DM. We have so much fun talking to you guys and we really love you and we're so grateful for you. And we hope you all have the healthiest, happiest new year. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow uh, the show at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. And if you want to follow us individually, you can follow me at Kellyanne DeCarlo. And you can follow me at Lindsay underscore E underscore white. And everything that we talked about will either be on Instagram stories or in the show notes or both. Yes. So um, if you like what you heard, make sure you send us a review. We love you. We love you. Alrighty. We'll see you for part two. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being with us this week. Follow us on Instagram at She Wakes Up at 5 a.m. podcast. And if you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to rate and subscribe to us so that you never miss an episode. Special thanks to Red Brandt for our theme song. Be sure to find more of his work on Instagram at R-E-D-D-B-R-A-N-D-T. See you next time.